Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. Uh, all three of us back again to chat for a, uh, a third pre-season. Uh, a third pre-season episode, I should say. Uh, although, is it our third pre-season? No, it's our... I, say, I think it's our second Second pre-season. pre-season. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, well, anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's lovely to, to be here once again. And uh, should we start by saying hello, by the way? Should we say hello, hello, hello? How are you, Jordan? How are you, Tom? All good, thank you. I was waiting for Jordan to go first. That's the customary order. This <laughs> is how are you, Tom? Me. So I don't know. I just thought. I oh, fair enough. Most... Yeah. Um, all, all good. Too. I'm also doing well. Thank you. Um, good to be back and talking again about uh, all stuff Watford. We can start off with some transfers and some transfer news. Um, it's not new by any means, but uh, it's it's something we haven't talked about yet. Ray Minaj, who was confirmed uh, coming in from Barcelona. Um, Excellent, Ray Minaj then, Jordan. Yeah, it's. Um, I think we we did we talk about him a fair bit in the last episode. It's hard to recall. I thought we all spend so much time talking about what. It's hard to remember when we were recorded or not. But he's been linked um, for a while, hasn't he? So possibly. Yeah. So yeah, that one went over the lines. Kind of the worst kept secret in terms of transfers. It's been going on for a while, and uh, yeah, it looks like that one's. Well, that one is done. Um, was it a three-year deal? I believe, and the, the fee was undisclosed but potentially very low with a 50% selling clause from Barcelona. Should we move on from him in the future? And I guess from Barcelona's perspective, hopefully get a big fee. Yeah, quite an interesting one, that, isn't it? Because normally uh, you don't see that kind of a deal done, do you? At least, at least I, I can't remember anywhere Watford have done a deal where they've given away such a large sell-on fee to, to, to a club. No, there's, there seems to be a bit of a trend emerging of bigger clubs doing that, where they're, they're letting assets go at a very much small fee to a, to a team. They expect they'll be moving on from in, in not too much time. Um, I'm not sure if Barcelona might have done something in not as cheap. But I think, but did Barcelona have a big sell-on on Cucurella from Brighton? I don't recall. But there's 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 players that have been like much much more similar, perhaps to Minaj. I can't think of off the top of my head that have gone with like high percentage sell-on fees, you know, 50, 60 percent, um, and that's to, look, to make their money on the second transfer rather than the first if they believe there's a you know promise in the in the player. And it's it's a strange one because I'm surprised. That Barcelona really think that they're going to get that much back from Minaj in the future, but maybe just a, a way to kind of have a gamble and see what happens. Tom, you've had a look at him. Uh, I see some stats here in, in our little chat group. Uh, what do you make of him? 
yeah, interesting player. I don't, I don't think he's necessarily the sort of striker that people appreciate immediately. You know, he's probably someone that's going to take a bit of warming to. And what I mean by that is that I think he does a lot of his best work, you know, outside the penalty area or back to goal or by benefiting others rather than being the guy on the end of things. He only scored five goals for Spezia last season. Uh, two of those were penalties. So, you know, he's not prolific by any means, albeit Spezia are one of the smaller sides in Serie A. Um, if you look at, you know, kind of heat map, he does, you can see very clearly that what the eye test kind of shows you is, is bears out that a lot of his work is done outside the box. And if you look at, there's another visualisation I've, I've pulled up, which shows where he receives the ball. And again, a lot of the time, it's kind of into the edge of the area or getting on the end of things from corners. You know, he, this isn't someone that I think we're going to be hanging our hat on to score 10 goals upwards next season, this season. I've got to get used to saying this season, but I think he's someone that if he clicks and if he's everything that the club hope, he will hopefully be a good foil for Vacumbayo or Jao Pedro or whoever plays up front next season. It sounds like there might even be more forwards coming. Um, and be quite a good forward. And, and if that works, you know, those kind of players, I think there's a greater appreciation for what those guys do these days, isn't there? That, you know, you, to be a successful forward, you don't have to be scoring constantly. So um, I'm going to reserve judgment because as I say, I've only kind of watched little bits and bobs, but um, it's an interesting one is what I'm going to say. You've had a little look at him as well, Jordan. What's your opinion, man? Yeah, I think much the same. I think he... I'm not convinced he's to come in to be a goal scorer necessarily. Um I... It, it could be wrong. Um, it, it's difficult to tell with strikers. It can be it can be hard to say exactly their place. I think you know ultimately most strikers are looking to score you know high numbers of goals. But I think with with Minaj, he offers a level of um, combativeness off the ball. I think he can he can charge down quite well. He can be awkward. He can he can carry the ball. I think he's got a little bit of a tendency to hang on to it a little bit too long at times. But he is um, he's decent in his touch. He can play the ball into him in awkward areas and. He's athletic enough to come and strong enough to get a little turn off the ball and get a shot away when his back's to goal. A little bit rash this finishing at times, I, th- I think it's fair to say, but he's he, he's, an, he's a different option to what we have in, in a lot of ways. And I think it for me, he indicates another supplementary or he suggests to me that he's another supplementary forward. And we're still looking, uh, I would expect, for someone that's going to come in and be that kind of a little bit more of a poacher, a little bit of a finisher, uh, but someone to work alongside the likes of um, Minaj is a different option to someone like Pedro who's more creative. Minaj is a little bit more of a, I think battering ram maybe suggests a different sort of player, but someone that will kind of hustle for you and, and win turnovers and just maybe just be a bit of a pest for the opposition, as well as put himself about in the box and, and hopefully get some goals himself. There's been a lot of clubs so far, but it only really seems as though he hit it off at Barcelona B. Is that fair to say? Or is he, like you say, Jordan, a player that you shouldn't be looking at to be scoring goals? I mean, I think you can, it depends on the situation. There's so many factors that, that come into play in terms of you know what what makes you a successful striker or not. I think that obviously, there's, as you just said, the first thing you look at is goals. But um, I mean, I don't know that. I, I think that he perhaps has not been in the best situation. I think if he plays in a lone striker, I, I wouldn't particularly fancy him from what I've seen so far. I think being in the partnership will, will benefit him. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's going to be a different sort of, a different set of circumstances for him. And I think we have to kind of look back at our own, I mean, players we've brought in at Watford, you know, Agaro wasn't necessarily prolific in, in the top division and he came to us and found a spot that worked for him and, and developed in that in that capacity to, to be a goal scorer for us. Now, I'm not saying that's going to be the same exact thing for Minaj here, but 
I think we have to be open to the fact that their role might differ slightly depending on how the coach wants to use him. And I, I think Rob Edwards would probably be looking to to have him as someone that would be supporting the, the more natural finisher. He strikes me as one, Tom, that's a bit of a gamble from the club, which we've seen in the past. And sometimes they pay off and you get an Emmanuel Dennis and and sometimes they, they don't pay off too much and you get, uh, well, maybe an, an Alex Hayho or, or who else uh, didn't really... Big fan Alex, of Hayho. Yeah, same. Alex Hayho never got the respect. <laughs> and, may, and maybe there's a little bit of a similarity in that respect of, you know, not someone that they're expecting to bring in and score heaps of goals, but, you know, signed for what, what else, or what he can do rather than what he can't necessarily do or doesn't necessarily do. Yeah, it's, maybe it's a gamble, yes. All signings are a gamble to an extent, but the, the report that Adam Leventhal wrote on him, the piece that Adam Leventhal wrote on him said that there was no fee whatsoever and it was only this 50% sell-on clause. So, you know, if uh, if he does badly, then nothing lost. And if he does brilliantly, then we'll happily surrender 50% of whatever we get for him, I would have thought. Um, it's, you know, just the, the kind of the nature of the beast, isn't it? And it could it could end up being a very kind of very kind of smart deal, someone that potentially has been overlooked by the people or hasn't, you know, as you said, has bounced around, so maybe hasn't found the right system, right team, right coach, right teammates, whatever it is to really um to really flourish but yeah I'm as I said I'm 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 interested to see how this one works out because I must admit until we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago I'd never heard of him I know I, I wonder if if Rob Edwards had heard of him that's a question that a few people are, are speculating on on Twitter that that if if we go to the uh the, the deep dark areas of Twitter you, you see a couple of Watford fans perhaps speculating that maybe Rob Edwards isn't perhaps getting um the players that maybe he would be more familiar with through the door. And it's, it's a kind of same old, same old with regards to the, uh, the transfer situation as, as it's always been. Um, despite the fact that we heard that things are going to be done a bit differently. What's your a take on that guys? Oh, I mean, I think, I think to be honest, I think it's a complete misunderstanding of how, um, of how that change would, would take place. I don't, I mean, we, I think we may have even discussed this in the last episode, but the last thing you want to be doing is is is, is narrowing your pool of potential targets down to players that your manager has personally seen. Uh, he, he's got so many things on like on his, on his plate, so many things to do, so many things he's working on to assume that he's also able to be a full-time scout. It's just, you know, it's ridiculous. It's not it's not good delegation of time um, and it's not a good use of his skill sets either. You want him to be coaching and if you want him to be involved in in recruitment it comes down to letting him have his say if he has a particular player he wants to recommend and so yeah by all means you know go that go ahead and do so but the club has to be identifying a large pool of targets they have to get a, a significant shortlist in every position and you can't leave that down to the head coach or manager you have to be able to delegate trust your scouting team your recruitment team uh you know head of recruitment and so on to to find these players and then give Rob the opportunity to sit down and watch them. I by no means think that Rob's gone to Giretta and, and, and Gino and said, look, I want Ray Minaj from Barcelona. I don't think that's happened at all, of course. But if he's been, if he's gone to the, the, the if he's had a meeting with the recruitment team and they've asked him, you know, what are you looking for? What are we lacking in your opinion for this team? And he said, I want a bigger bodied mobile forward who can be disruptive, you know, get some goals in them but predominantly this is what I want you know etc etc and that could be any position I'm just using this one as an example and the club have come back with six seven eight nine ten options he's identified his top three or so on and the club has seen what deals they can pursue it's a balancing act and it's a it's a collaborative effort and to assume that we've 
not changed our ways. I'm not saying we have or haven't changed our ways for a large part, because I think this is a, a very similar model to what we've done before, with maybe just allowing more of a say in terms of which one of the, the 10 we sign. But it, it's just the way you have to do it. And if you did it any other way, you're really just actually putting yourself in a worse situation than, than people think we were in before. Tom? Yeah, I'd echo all of that. I think there's a bit of a misconception that just because, you know, Rob Edwards is British and has come in from a British club and what have you, and, and the things that he's said have indicated that he wants and expects to be involved in the recruitment, that doesn't mean that he personally is going out on scouting missions to identify players. You know, as Jordan said, and without kind of repeating him, it's 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 completely futile for him to be the sole kind of the single point of failure on recruitment. Um, and And quite frankly you know, in terms of kind of getting deals done quickly and efficiently, it's not that either. You need you need to have a collaborative, collegiate kind of approach where you can trust, you know, in his position, trust the people around you. So Gioretta, Pozzo, whoever it may be within the scouting, recruitment, analytics departments to go away and identify options. And then you can look at, you know, he can look at, I don't know, maybe three hours worth of footage, say, on, on six potential targets that are, you know, they think are suitable rather than starting with a blank canvas of every striker in the world. You know, it's just, it's just you know, you've got to be realistic. It's 24 hours in a day. And personally, I think I'd rather have Rob Edwards on the training field with the players that he does have, you know, trying to get his tactical blueprint across and, and make sure everybody's buying into that and knows their roles and, and responsibilities within that. So I've got, I've, got no, I've got no issue with it whatsoever. Good stuff. Two additions through the door then, both striking additions. Um, but not much else in the way um, being really even talked about in terms of who we could bring in in the midfield or, or even defensive areas. Are we getting uh, a little bit nervous now as the season starts to tick ever closer? Or, or do we think that this uh, isn't even an issue? We've got players at the squad already who can fill these gaps and, and we're just overlooking them because they haven't been involved in previous seasons as much because perhaps they've been away or or not quite at the level at that point in time? I do think we are pushing it a little bit in certain areas. I think especially with the the um, the news that came out about Imran Luz's recoveries could be unavailable for probably six to eight weeks after the season starts. Um, and it's kind of flashback to, to Will Hughes' situation last time uh, in the Championship. But yeah, I think we do need reinforcements in certain positions. And I think people are justified in, in getting you know frustrated or concerned maybe. Um, that we haven't done anything quite yet. So I do think we are getting to the point we need to see someone come in and understand there's a domino effect perhaps of of transfers with the outgoings we need to facilitate. But um, yeah, I mean, there, there are some players that we have available, as you said, some come back to Tom Delibashiru and and so on. But look, we've got Imran Luz out right now. Tom Cleverley's not been, not been really involved in pre-season through injury. And yeah, there are some, there are some holes to fill. And I think we have to we have to be strongly considering doing that in the transfer market. It's interesting that um, Saar is being linked less and less. And he's actually featuring um, in some of the selections now. I I wonder, do you think maybe he he could play a part in in this? uh, Well, certainly in August, if if there's no interest or or if there's no clubs willing to pay what we see as a, a, a justifiable fee. I think he's the one that's more likely to be around at the start of the season or certainly be around longer, purely because after everything I've just said about, uh, you know, how we're recruiting and, and, and why I'm not bothered if uh, if Rod Ed- Rob Edwards is the one person identifying these players, 
I think clubs are inherently lazy a lot of the time, aren't they? And Emmanuel mm. Dennis last season did more headline things, scored more goals, you know, obviously didn't miss a chunk of the season with injury than Ismail Assar. And the other thing, of course, is that with Dennis, we only paid three million. So getting, you know, 10 million even for him, and I'm sure we're pitching for more, is a, is a handsome profit. Assar, the asking price has to be higher, doesn't it? To ensure that we at least don't make a loss on him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that Sars kind of been around and involved. It would be great if we had him again in, in this division, but um, I fully expect him to leave at some point or other. The, you know, interest from West Ham were interested, weren't they, at one point? Everton, I think, Newcastle. So you'd reasonably assume he will go. What's the right thing to do here, Jordan, from a, a team and management perspective? Should you get somebody involved that you have on the books because they have quality, or should you leave them out knowing that it's very likely they're not going to be part of the team later on and you want to build with the team that you have that's going to be a core unit through for the majority of the season? Would that shake things up and, and maybe mess what you're trying to do by adding somebody like Sarah or Dennis into the mix? Uh, well, it's a balancing act in, in so many areas. I think if you look at the if you look at the situation with Saar, you know, our club's going to pay what we feel is worth, what we feel he could be worth, the two years left in his contract, do we feel that his, his value could still rise some? Should we get promoted? Should they have a good season this year? Again, could we maybe even fetch the same price that clubs are asking for this year, next year, and then get an extra year of production out of him? Um, and if if the club feel that, that that's a possibility, as they start to you know get closer and closer towards the season starting, the window closing and you know perhaps targets in the strike area not being able to or as easy to bring through as they maybe hoped or thought Saar becomes a more and more likely option and one they're comfortable with they know what he is as a player they know the effect he can have in the championship they they probably feel pretty good in him providing that he's willing to play but the fact that he is playing the friendly suggests to me that it's a strong possibility and a, a consideration for for the club that Saar is involved in in the rest of the preseason, but and going forwards in the actual season too the difficulty is if someone does, if you do go down that route and then someone does come in for him, then suddenly if you've allocated too many of your plans towards Saar being part of it, then you're in a difficult situation because suddenly you have to replace a player you were depending on and, and so on, all the things that come with that. So it's finding that way of, of having that balance and keeping all things in play for as long as possible. I think the big worry for this, though, is do we leave it too late? And we don't want that offer to come in late, late in the window and we really can't do anything about it and we are stuck. So... I think you have to, I think you're getting very close to making a commitment and saying, all right, either we only sell Sarp is astronomically high and we play him or he's going this window. We're going to find him a place to go to and it's got to be done, even if it's a little bit below valuation. I don't think you can really play both sides for too much longer at this point. What do you reckon, Tom? Do we play him if we have him or or do we keep him out and let the rest of the squad build? No, I'd play him. I think, you know, he's shown previously at this level that he is you know, a, a real talent. Well, I mean, we know he's a real talent, I'm stating the obvious, but, you know, he has shown what he can do at this level previously. Um, I, I I completely get the point and it's, you know, it's a dangerous game if he gets, you know, say he gets a bad tackle and he injures himself, recurrence of the previous injury and then you're stuck with him on the sidelines, paying his wages and not bringing in, um, you know, that the, the, the revenue from selling him. You know, it's a gamble, it's a dangerous game and obviously as Jordan says, you know, you get him kind of involved and then he's not around and you're used to playing with him it's there are there are difficulties but I just think with someone who's so clearly above the average kind of level of this team 
you might as well make hay while the sun shines and so for that reason not particularly scientific but yes i would i would definitely keep him how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Good stuff. Uh, in terms of outgoings, um, we've had a bit of news recently. Tiago Kukor, the uh, the youngster in the, in the, in the Watford, uh, well, I suppose... Was it under 23s or was it the, the main squad? He was kind of bridging both, wasn't he? he then he, he went out on loan uh, last season and, and didn't really um, set things alight. But um, he's been sold in a rather interesting uh, and perhaps surprising deal to Fenerbahce for what we believe to be around the one and a half to two million mark. Um, it took me by surprise. How about how about you guys? Yeah, yeah I think it is a bit surprising. That is, he... He didn't really do particularly well online, um, and he he seemed to struggle a little bit. He wasn't well thought of, and I went back and tried to look at some some of the game time that he had, and it, he just I just didn't really see, he just looked stiff and awkward to me. I didn't really see a I, I'm not really I'm I struggled to see it. I mean, there's obviously something there. Someone's seen something, and they've he, he's been called up to the to the, the national squad, and obviously it's a big move for him now. But uh, yeah, I mean, just based on his time out on loan alone, I can't really say. That I saw, what exactly has uh, warranted the fee and the and the move? But I must be missing something. Have you seen anything, Tom? Am I missing something here? 
I've actually never seen him kick a football. So yeah. on that basis, <laughs> on that basis alone, I'm quite happy to pocket a couple of million for a guy that cost us nothing. Again, it's you know it all goes into the pot, doesn't it? So uh, yeah, I can't get emotionally invested in this one either way. Well, he, he managed to break into the Turkey uh, first team squad, which you know is, is some feat given that they're kind of on the up at the minute. The the, the Turkey men's team, they're you know they're considered to be a, a reasonable outfit. Yeah, it's an achievement. I mean, look, I'm assuming I'm wrong on this. I'm assuming I'm wrong in some capacity here because I've just not obviously watched enough of him to see um, the bright spots that that the Turkey and Fenerbahce have. But uh, yeah, I just I, I'm just a bit a bit lost in this one, to be honest with you guys. Okay, well, I, I believe there's a sell-on fee there as well for Watford. So if he does come good, hopefully we'll be able to recoup something extra as well. But uh, it's always um, disappointing for me when when we lose young talent we never really get a chance to see them shine i think the last time i felt particularly bad about that was um Britta Sambalonga, um who never really got a looking at watford but went on to do you know reasonably well at, at other championship clubs yeah he's probably had he's probably one that's had one of the best careers in terms of a player that came through and had the opportunity not obviously like a Jaden sancho and never really quite had the opportunity to play for us but someone that came through and was close enough to first team football we just didn't get that chance it's a yeah, apart from that, there's been a few others around that had some experience for us, but not really kicked on to the degree that you'd hope. But yeah, it would be nice to have someone come through that through that system. But yeah. Luca um, Nine yeah. as well, actually, I I, I felt it was like he could have mm, played a bit of yeah. a part. But but he even he needed that drop down, didn't he? So, I mean, I guess he could either yeah, do that yeah. one. But yeah, that's true. We'll be playing him this season though, uh, Sunderland that's versus true. Watford. That'll be uh, probably, I'm sure, a hotly anticipated one for himself because. Probably would be the first time he had played Watford since. Yes, right. I think you might be right there. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. Um, so that'll be an exciting one uh, for him um, and for us in general, because Sunderland is always a, a good team, isn't it? It's nice to play the Mackhams again. Um, right. Let's move on then to pre-season. Then <laughs> uh, the the fixtures that we've played so far um, is one of those things where fans often get. I don't know, a bit too involved in pre-season games, uh, you know, thinking that uh, defeat after defeat means that that's going to be, um, you know, what happens in the in the coming season. Uh, and, and conversely, if we're winning every game in pre-season, we're going to have a flyer uh, and, 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 you know, and win the championship by 20 points. Um, doesn't always work out that way. And, and very often these games are about fitness and trying things and, and coaching more so than the results. But uh, for the Boo Boys, they're disappointed. We've lost two and drawn one. Um, Jordan, you've had a chance to, to watch at least a part of those games. I think you saw the uh, the Panathinaikos game, didn't you? Yeah, I watched that game. And yeah, there was, there was, there was some takeaways. But again, you know, there's tons of changes. It's not a competitive environment. Um, it, it's an early game of preseason. There's, you're taking away elements from the game, not the entirety. Not, you're looking at it in the, in the micro sense, not the... Not a larger picture, and I think yeah, we have to be kind of reasonable in our assessments here. But I actually thought just kind of, I know we're probably going to discuss this soon, but the the interview that Troy Dean did with from the Rookery end, he actually mentioned that he felt that Watford losing to Cambridge United in preseason put friendly uh, put pressure on Rob Edwards already, which I thought was such a strange comment. I, I don't think it puts any pressure on him at all. Um, I, I and I and I probably 
Google going to say that Troy has a better position to speak on this, but I truly do not believe that um, preseason friendly results are going to matter in, in any capacity, at least into the last couple of games in preseason. Um, I, I think it's or, or generally the case is that these are uh, opportunities to develop and, uh, and work on specific areas without having to worry too much about the results, just avoid any sort of major injuries, try and not go too, too much, too, too heavy on certain aspects, limit the time of the players in the field and, and give opportunities to, to work in different situations. But apart from that, I'm, I'm not getting too carried away either way. Tom, where do you come down on pre-season? Yeah, I don't think results matter one job. It's about more than that. It's about the team learning to, you know, particularly with the new manager, learning what he wants and his expectations, how he works, how they're expected to play, you know, those kind of, um, you know, the defensive line, however that's going to work together, the midfield line, then how those guys interact, you know, the, you know, fullbacks and wingers, if that was the case, interact and, and so on and so forth. It's, it's it's much more about all those things and getting kind of patterns of play and that sort of stuff sorted on top of the obvious point of fitness and assimilating new players. So, no, I'm, I'm not concerned. Equally, you obviously want to, you know, win games, score goals and, and build confidence. But I saw, um, I saw a, a debate between Lou Orms and Uncle Ron the other night and Lou Orns made a great point or put a, sent a great screenshot which was the pre-season friendlies from the 14-15 season where I don't think we won a single game and we <laughs> drew nil-nil against FC Chemnitzer, Chemnitzer uh, who I think are a Czech team um, we obviously got promoted that year so you know I, I think the point and this is the thing with the signings as well you know the, the fact that we've only made a couple at this stage you can see the obvious benefits having the signings. You can see the obvious benefits of winning games in preseason, but A does not always equal B. You know, there's there's exceptions to the rule. There's other kind of instances, whatever. You know, there have been times when we've won promotion, um, and I meant to make this point in the last pod. You know, look at the Boothroyd season, oh five, oh six. All of his early signings, and he got a few through the door quite early, were crap. <laughs> we signed Martin Devaney, Adam Griffiths, Sietes early that summer, and Junior. And for various reasons, none of them actually made it onto the field for Watford in a competitive game. By the end of August, we had added Henderson, King, Spring, Carlisle, Mackay. A couple of those pretty late in the window, if I recall. And we won promotion. Those guys all played a key part. So do you know what I mean? And, and, and that's equally, that's not to say late signings equal promotion or a good season either. It's just that there are a thousand shades of grey and not everything is as black and white as social media might have you believe. 100%. Also, I mean, when you look at, when you look at these, the way these games are formulated, it's not, it's not to replicate a, a match situation perfectly. If you kind of have to take away things from the game, would I rather see Watford beat Cambridge United in the friendly and play a stronger team and keep players out there and win the friendly against Cambridge United? Or... Would I like to see individual spells in the game where you can see progression of the ball from defence into midfield? You see the team lose it a couple of times. It might even result in an opportunity for the opposition because they're trying something new. Um, it might even result to a, in, into a goal that we end up losing the game by. But we're starting to see development of, of passages of play, defensive shape, structure uh, over small periods of the game. That's vastly more important and way more important for the coach too. So that's why I think it's it, it's not, in my mind, it's it's barely a debate. Um. I'm pretty set on the fact that I just don't think, especially at this point, as you get on towards the season, these things should be more developed. These these elements should be more developed as you get further and further towards the actual season. 
if you were losing heavily to a to a team, uh, then perhaps you might have a few room, a few uh, some room for some concern there. But I mean, at this point, I just think you look at the minutes these players are playing and the, the sorts of players are in the field. Look how we ended the game against Path Nikos against Bolton, the, the team we had out there. I, I just don't think it's even. I just don't think it's even close at this point. Whilst I can I can see where the points are coming from, I think if anyone really sat down and kind of looked at the way these games are processed and, and took the time to think about it, they'd pretty quickly come to the conclusion that the game against Bolton, Cambridge United and Panathinaikos is pretty, pretty minor in the grand scheme of our season and preparation. If you were to say anything about um, people who believe that results do matter in pre-season, I suppose you could argue that um, winning matches feels good. And you can kind of generate a winning mentality that perhaps could help you from the off at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I get it. I, I get the reasoning and it does feel good. And you might create a better, you know, you build some confidence and it, it feels good. You know, if, you, if you're going in pre-season, you're scoring goals and as an individual or as a collective, you feel good about that. It's same with clean sheets, same with just playing well. But it's, again, it's there's so many differences. You're not they're not playing at the at the tempo at the intensity of a competitive game it's a practice game it's the same as what they do in training it's, it's just against different opposition to get them different variables uh, and both teams are trying to avoid the same issues the other ones are they don't want to get hurt they don't want to overcommit. they want to keep things nice and controlled it's the equivalent of watching an under 23 game and those are notoriously negative and boring because it, it's a different it's got a different objective there's a different goal in mind and that's to nurture and culture a specific a specific thing and in our case, it's a new coach looking to get his his shape in there and so on. So it's a sparring match. And I don't think you kind of criticise. It's, it's, it's a sparring match. And that's that's the way I look at it. Nice. So um, let's take a close look at the Panathinaikos game then, Jordan, as that's one that you've been able to see. How were we set up? What 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 clues could you could you get from from watching it? Uh, well, it's, a three, it's pretty much what we expected in terms of shape, three, five, two. Um, we were trying to try and move the ball across the back line. The centre backs trying to push the ball into midfield. Samir did a good job of that in particular, um, finding ways to to get that ball forward. Obviously, the selection, the, the team lineup is different to or quite different to what we expect to see uh, at, come the actual start of the season. But um, the the movement, the patterns of play, um, the the way we're able to try and look for space in the forward areas. The way that we try to get onto the ball from from defensive positions when we have the ball in defence, how do we get into space to receive the ball, and then how do we progress? There are obviously elements we can work on. It's very early on, but you know the likes of Jao Pedro were very positive, dropping back and, and being creative. He was kind of everywhere, uh, looked really sharp. We got to see a few different options. Um, we got to see some players playing different positions. Hung Bo was playing at wing back, and you know we had different different situations to see. Um, that was quite and, interesting, I mean, wasn't it? Would you would you class that as um? An experiment from Rob Edwards, or do you think that's something that uh, Hungbo has in his locker, and, and we might see more of that going forward? A bit of both, yeah. I think it's I think Hungbo's spot in this team, if he has a, t- a space in the squad, is is as cover at wing back, whether that be right, left, or both. I think he's he's someone that, that offers something there, and um, that's that's a good a good opportunity or a, a good place for us to use his his skill set. I think that's what we'd most likely see. Um, yeah, I mean, we just saw some some elements of a team that's looking to to retain possession a little bit more and and kind of change the way that we approach football games. And I think it's a it's a good thing to see. And you know, it's 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 something that progresses over time and something you expect to get better and better. But also, once you add the element of actual starting players and 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 proper kind of lineups, then you start to see it kind of come to fruition a little bit more. Also, we got to see uh, a bit of Yasser Aspria, 
uh, who has been he's been uh, joining up with the the team now, and he's he's a uh, he was in Austria with them and um, played a part in the game. Um, Tom, do you think that this could be almost the biggest signing for Watford this season, even though it, it probably doesn't go down as a, a signing that that was made this season? Again, not actually seen him yet, so. Uh probably better to ask Jordan but I'm put it this way I'm excited for someone that I know nothing about to come in and, and do something because it's quite often these guys that come uh oh sorry sign and we're aware of and then get parked out on loan and we never see them but the fact that he's kind of skipped the parked out on loan stage excites me um so yeah I, I'm really really keen to see what he brings and he's obviously going to be a bit of a an unknown quantity to the rest of the championship as well, I imagine. He feels a bit like um, a, a Jao Pedro a couple of years ago, a similar situation, really. Yeah, he is. He's a young, young, fresh player. He's you know, enthusiastic and, and and he's very green, but he's someone that's he's played a, a decent level of football for his age and he's someone that could that can come in and, and be an asset. It's always hard to predict how how regular these players will be, how consistent they can be. But, I mean, one thing that's abundantly clear if you go back and, and have a look at his, his, his well any of his recent playing career he's a very talented footballer and there's elements to improve of course and he's still kind of growing into himself a little bit he's you know relatively small and so on but these aren't massive detractors he's someone that's definitely very talented and it could definitely be a player that contributes a fair amount so I, I think you can be excited about it I'm sure he'll be used sparingly at first but it, it wouldn't surprise me by any means if he was if he was involved pretty heavily throughout the, the course of the season uh, and became a key player because he has all the attributes to do so. Um, and, and if you trust the coach as someone that's able to include these younger players and, and get the best out of them or find ways to help them settle, um, I don't just mean settle in a new country, I mean settle within the team uh, and, and maximise their uh, potential, then then yeah, why not? He's an exciting prospect and I think he's one that Watford fans would definitely be looking forward to seeing as, as much as possible. What, what position do you think that he will take up for us, Jordan? Uh, I think attacking the field is most likely. He, he could... He could play as a striker, um, but I, I think you like to see him deeper. He can carry the ball. He's really good at running with the ball. Um, he's he's quite a long player. Like he's, he's he can be difficult to get off the ball, despite the fact he's small. He can carry it really nicely, and he's uh, somewhat unorthodox at times. But he's just a natural dribbler, and he can get shots away. He can pass. Um, he, he puts himself around. He's not he's not a little kid that's soft and afraid to go into the challenge. He's he's played in some tough divisions, and he, you can see that in the way he plays. And he, he also plays the level of um, just enjoyment and confidence to his game. I think you look at these young guys sometimes, they're not tainted by negative experiences yet. He's just, he's, he's a young lad, he's doing really well and he should be looking to kind of take the opportunities in front of him. So I think having someone exciting and uh, and with potential like that is only a good thing to have around the team and also as a potential asset. Nice. Um, early days then, just looking at, you know, the, the pre-season games that we've seen and it might be a hard question for you, Jordan, but... Um, have we seen any potential weaknesses at this stage that we might um, need to look at closer? Or rather, Rob Edwards might need to look at closer. Weaknesses right now, I think, is just, I mean, I guess if you could consider unknowns as a weakness. I mean, we, we're, we're relying quite a lot or quite heavily quite currently based on the kind of recruitment sort of things, what the players we have available we're relying on Rob Edwards to be able to, to get something out of Delhi Bashiru, Queener. Um, we have to we have to see if we can get a little bit more out of the defenders playing in different positions. You know, Cavaselli, uh, Trusta Kong, and so on. I know they've had experience at this level, and, and Trusta Kong and so on have done well. 
but we're, we're asking something a little bit different of them. Um, and also we could look at, you know, just depth in general. Can we have the appropriate cover for Kiko Pemenia if he's going to be the main guy at right wing back? And the same goes for Imran Loser. So I think it comes down to quite, at this point, it comes down to um, recruitment and, and, and depth and squad building in terms of a, of a weakness. Other than the things we discussed in terms of, you know, outside centre back, do we have that? Do we have that ability to progress the ball from the right? Um, do we have the creativity in forward areas? It's, it remains to be seen. It's it's hard to tell at this point, um, but it's also so up in the air with the possibility of adding adding some players in there as well to to kind of mix things up and give us some other options. Who have we seen about outside centre back at, at this early stage so far? Well, I think Cavaselli, Trusa Kong. Um, I think in. I don't think Ngakia actually ended up playing it. Ngakia, well, actually, no, maybe Ngakia did play there for a little while, but also um, he played right wing back as well, which didn't look great. Um, and then just trying to think who else is going there. Cathcart, I think, is maybe featured there as well. Yeah, Cathcart featured there, uh, and Cavaselli was central against Panathinaikos. But they've been playing around with it. I think right now the natural fit is probably looking at one of those guys, Cavaselli, Trustakong, um, and, and so on potentially than Cathcart again, but I still feel quite strongly that Ngaki would be the best fit there, and hopefully that's something that materialises as we get closer to the season. It's interesting, Tom, that we haven't heard much about Serralta yet for this season. Well, he's he's been back in the kind of social media posts and whatnot, hasn't he? And I, I, I see that in the last kind of 24 hours, Andrew French has released an interview with him in which he's said, you know, I should have played, I thought I should have played more um, last season and kind of given a bit of insight, I suppose, um, into that, said that, you know, he didn't kind of seek out answers from Roy Hodgson as, as to why he wasn't playing and didn't feel that his lack of minutes was connected to Cisco losing his job. But it's, you know, that's it's all a little bit strange that someone that was so important for us was, and, you know, we rushed back, was binned off the way he seemingly was, albeit, you know, by more than one manager. Um but the fact, the very fact that he's, you know, back in the the kind of fold on social media and whatnot, and they're, they're obviously allowing him to do an interview with the press says to me that he's probably going to be involved because I think, you know, maybe people are aware of this, maybe they're not. You know, the the press guys will have a, a rough idea of who's at the very least in or out of favour. Um, and, you know, it will avoid putting someone up for interview that isn't going to be in favour or is, is going to be sold imminently. So I think we can read a little bit um, into that and you know and he said that he will play in the back three quite happily does it with Chile or has done it with Chile so yeah I'm, I'm personally it's one of the things I'm looking forward to most is this season is seeing him again because I thought he was really really good in the championship last time and there's no reason to think he won't be again um, I see you've also uh, it's also been mentioned by Andrew French that uh, pointing out that uh, Hassan Kamara is equally adept at right wing back as he, as, he, as he is at left wing back yeah I mean I guess you could do that if you want to then you're still leaving a whole lot left wing back. It's not like we have an abundance of depth there. Um, I guess the question is if you maybe felt you get, if you maybe felt you maximise the the ability of both players more so by having Hungwell on the left being naturally left footed, uh, and, and Kamara on the right, then it's a possibility. But uh, I would say, from what I've seen, I wouldn't be a massive fan of that. But I mean, it's an opportunity. It's a it's a it's a possibility, and it's some, it's a little bit of added flexibility should you need to make that change. I guess. I like a left foot on the left side. I think I also haven't seen, I've never seen Kamara, I guess he scored this right. I've not really seen Kamara do too much this right foot. So maybe it's just a situation I'm not as familiar with it. But I'll go and have a look, see, if he's, see where he's played there before and see what it looks like. 
Yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, to be honest, I don't see anyone else but him being that left wing back to to start things anyway. I mean, he seems the most comfortable there. But uh, I, to be fair, I didn't realise that Hungbo was a left footer. So that <laughs> I, sh- I should have probably known that. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe uh, maybe it's going to be a bit more of a battle this season for that position. Unless Messina is considered as well. He's got to be off, isn't he? He's off, isn't he? You think? Yeah. Can't remember if it was Adam Leventhal or Andrew French. One of them has reported that he's been left at home, basically, hasn't he, to sort out a move away. So um, I'm not sure that he would be a particularly good fit in a back or, you know, wing back anyway. He's probably one of those players that if he was to stay, you could almost see him ending up in a back in the back three, perhaps rather you know left side of the back three rather than wing back. I don't know what you think. Jordan. I think I'd rather him there. Yeah, yeah. And then the forgotten left-sided player Danny Rose is now featuring for uh, Spurs under twenty threes, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Slightly strange. There's been a lot of sort of consternation on social media about this, but I mean, if he's not playing for us and he's not getting minutes for us and staying fit in pre-season, then. You know, our chances of offloading him are probably enhanced by him playing for Spurs, which is going to be more high profile, putting more in the spotlight, and uh, it'll be at their under 23s or under 21s or whatever it was, and keeps him fit as well. Because, you know, I kind of assumed that the ba- on the basis of him being kind of cast out last season, it was a case of, you know, one more appearance or a couple more appearances and he would trigger a clause to extend his contract. But if he's still here, going to make the assumption and you know assumptions can leave you looking foolish that he um he's contracted for this season unless unless we can sell him or loan him or release him so uh there's there's evidently you know something that has to be done there if we're going to move him on because his time is clearly up so yeah, I'm not as bothered about it as people are it's not like he's going to be playing for someone else when it um you know when it matters unless we sell him or loan him out so yeah just move on Okay, great stuff. Uh, We're going to be heading towards the end of the podcast now, but I wanted to ask you both a question um, as we're only two weeks out from the start of the season, and that is season expectations. What do you think? I mean, the the press has us at finishing first or second. I'm not so sure, but um, we'll start with with yourself, Tom. What do you think? Right now, I think it is hard to be too confident of us being in that promotion shakeup. I still, I still think we're probably going to have to sign at least one more striker, aren't we? Because we've really only got Pedro, and the jury's out on where he kind of slots into this team. Albeit you want to find a role for him, you know, two fairly unproven strikers in this country in Bayo, or fairly unproven, entirely unproven in Bayo and Minaj. Um, uh, but I think we also need to do something at wing back for depth and definitely got to do something in midfield. Cause I just think they're all, you know, as Jordan said at the top, a, a loser aside for, and he's going to miss the first month, potentially slightly more, you know, they're all just a bit samey as we've discussed before. There's no, you know, it's, it's good to have Tom Deli Bashiru back, but you know, cleverly Gosling don't fill you with a great amount of, you know, they can do a job, but they don't fill you with a great amount of excitement. Ed Okembe, jury's out. So I think we need to sign a properly kind of... Uh, a Ke- Domingos Keen is obviously the other one who's back, who's, you know, bit of, got a bit of X factor about him. But yeah, I would just like to see us do something in the field as well. So I think with that in mind, I think the, the fullback, the, the centre-half, sorry, are perfectly serviceable. So I think, you know, I, I'm not I'm not totally down on this team, but I do still think we're a couple of two, three signings away from being in a position where we can go, yeah, I really I really fancy this this team. So... Certainly top half, but 
Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be expectant of much more at this stage. I think the fact that we have to consider too is we don't know which way the coach is going to go exactly in terms of how, how successful he'll be. But we haven't had a coach for a while that's really maximised or looked to maximise um, performance from, from the player perspective in terms of coming in here with, um, with a way of playing that suits the squad we have and looking to kind of progress the team as a collective. We had a lot of guys that come in in shorter term situations with, with different objectives in mind. I think if we truly are, truly are trying to actually give Rob some time and the ability to kind of do what he wants to do, then we might even have the kind of added bonus or added kind of push of, of a coach that gets more out of the players than what we're seeing or what we're used to from seeing from them. Um, we've had, we've got players in this team that I think have shown elements or, or moments of, of quality, which they haven't consistently been able to, to kind of bring to the squad or to the team. If, if we are able to get that out of them more often, then I think we could be a team that does push towards the top end of the table. And don't forget to, um, the quality of the league around us as well. We're not competing in the Premier League this year. We are obviously competing in the Championship and it is a different situation. Not underestimating it, but if you go back and look at the squads that got promoted last year, um, they're not perfect either. So if we have, are in a position that we can, we can be elevated a little bit uh, by the coach. And if we can find some success in that in that direction, there's a chance we can be towards the top end as well. But having said that, it could, go, it could go the other way as well. But as Tom mentioned, I think top half is definitely the expectation, obviously. But for me, I'm thinking at this point, as things stand, um, where I think we'll be at the end of the window, I'm thinking probably probably fourth or fourth or fifth. Fourth or fifth. Okay, fair enough. Just because I'm expecting some some ups and downs with if we are to stick with Rob, that's my my rule. Which isn't a criticism; it's just the reality of the situation, the amount of work we have to do. Mm. You know, I, I'm going to go for sixth. I think we're just going to uh, steal a playoff place. Um, well, that's the first time you've you've been the you've not been the most positive. I, think, I know. These questions. I know. I'm sorry about that. This, uh, who won this, the positive is this, game? Is this Matt or is this Uncle Ron talking to us? <laughs> don't ever, don't ever swear at me. Um, Make that comparison. I've never seen you both in the same room, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, according to um, to Sky Sports, they obviously think we're going to be exciting, or at least. Uh, up there because they've selected us for no less than four um, live broadcasts in August alone. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sky don't really know what they're doing, do they? Although, uh, in terms for yourself, Jordan, living uh, outside of uh, the United Kingdom, um, good news that Tive Live are going to be uh, broadcasting uh, games for you. Yeah, no, that that's, that is nice. That gives me the ability to at least watch the games live and not have to worry about missing them. So, yeah, I'm pleased about that. And just hope that they sort out the mess with the the streaming for the games that are on Sky. And normally it's on zone, but sometimes zone can be a bit of a pain in the ass to deal with. But, yeah, fingers crossed I won't have to miss any or any, if any. Although no pre-match and post-match studio shows anymore, so... Didn't watch it anyway, so we're all good. No, <laughs> I quite enjoyed them, but... Uh, no, I watched some, but, yeah. I'm happy enough with just John Marks. Um, okay, before we go then, um, I'm going to hand over to yourself, Jordan, because um, we've got a, a lovely little giveaway to talk about. Yeah, so actually just following on from the Marlon King sock giveaway, which is obviously a, a raving success, um, we have had a nice donation for um, a second giveaway, uh, which was, let me just actually clarify what exactly this is. So... Um, it's a gift bag or two actual VIP gift bags from the Elton John 
Concert at Edelie Vicarage Road contains some pretty cool stuff in there, actually. And this is actually a good gift. I mean, it's, a, it's definitely an upgrade in the sock. But we've been very kindly donated this gift um, by anonymous donation, by anonymous donation. Um, but a friend of the show and, yeah, very thankful for it. But that will be up for grabs with the same kind of requirements as the, as the sock. Leave a review. Um, so give us the give us a star rating, leave a review. And if there's, I mean, if there's one of you that does it, then that's an instant win. But whoever, or however many of you do it, then that'll be kind of a, a, a pull out of a hat of who wins it. And yeah, you get two free uh, Elton John gift bags for your use as you please. Nice. Uh, yeah. No new customer reviews to uh, talk about. That's weird calling it customer reviews, but that's exactly what it says right here on Apple Podcasts. Anyway, uh, well, that's if the you problem, want to give the us a review, gone. Uh, everyone knows and, the stock's uh, the stock's been won, so it's just less motivation to comment. So hopefully, now we'll have some more motivation again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you want to give us a review, go to Apple Podcasts uh, and then go down to the bottom, give us a review, and leave us a comment. Um, telling us uh, how we can improve the show. Or if you think it's great, then tell us that it's great and um, we'll feed our egos. <laughs> um, you can also find us on Patreon as well. Um, just search for Watford Buzz Podcast on Patreon and you can join us there and listen to the show ad-free. So there's the um, incentive there. Um, right, we'll be back for a uh, another pre-season podcast, I hope, uh, with two weeks left to go. And then we'll be back into the, the proper full flow of watching games again, guys. Seems like forever. Can't wait. It's going to be good, isn't it? And, and then we've got a, a very weird break that's going to take place when the World Cup takes place as well. So it'll be an interesting should, season, this one. Maybe we, should do, maybe we should do an England podcast during that time. We could do an England podcast, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we might have to <laughs> be a bit more depressing than, uh, than we are usually. I don't know. I think we've got a pretty good handle on it, haven't we? Well, we'll have to make sure that Tom gets properly involved in the England one. <laughs> right, okay. Well, um, from myself, Matt, uh, and from Jordan, we've been delighted to uh, to, to take you uh, through another pre-season podcast. Um, oh, and before I go, I should probably mention that um, Jordan's been doing some fantastic work uh, bringing you a, a kind of video version of, um, of kind of what we chat about, but in more depth and with... Um, interesting uh kind of like uh stats and information on the screen which is always easier to digest so uh if you want to take on board that just find him at uh Watford analytics on youtube is that right john yeah it is thanks for that Matt. actually speaking of which i literally just posted one before we start recording this so oh, well, if you are listening to this there's been one posted in the last day or so, so please go over to the channel check it out um like comment subscribe or don't really if you don't like it then leave a dislike if, if you feel sure that's best and uh comment as to why you don't like it just um yeah let us know and stay tuned for more good stuff okay bye-bye bye 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.